Well, hey there. Welcome to Discover Your Sensational Path podcast. I'm Erin Gruich. I'm an occupational therapist, owner of Sensational Path, and creator of the Sensational Path Mobile Sensory Clinic. I'm so excited to have you on our podcast, a podcast for parents, teachers, and occupational therapists to learn and connect around topics of sensory integration, sensory regulation, sensory spaces, and the ins and outs of running a clinic on big wheels. Try to catch me howling at the moon. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Discover Your Sensational Path. I'm so happy to have you on today because today I'm talking about one of my favorite subjects, and that's sensory regulation. So what does that mean? Well, sensory regulation describes how alert you feel or your level of arousal. When I'm talking to families and to children about sensory regulation, I often use the analogy of a car. So if you think of your body being like a car, sometimes it runs high, sometimes it runs low or slow, and we want it to run in a just right range, or we want to find the optimal range or the just right frequency for the situation. So, yeah, if your body was a car, you know, sometimes your engine runs really high and sometimes it runs really low. And if our engine's always running really high, that's not good. And if our engine's running really low all the time, that's not good either. So our just right frequency is that range where we want our body to be so that we can learn and get along with others and be happy. So there are situations when we need our engine to be running high, right? So if you're playing hockey or playing basketball, you want your engine to run fast when you're trying to score a goal. Right? You don't want to be like sauntering down to the goal line or sauntering to the basket. Um, you're going to get stopped. So you want to go fast and, and be able to score those goals. Maybe be a little bit aggressive, right? And there are situations when we need our body to run slow, like at bedtime, right? We can't go from... 100 miles per hour to zero and expect to fall asleep, right? We need to slow our engines down and get get to that just right level. So most of the time we want to be within the just right frequency so that we can control our emotions and be ready to learn and get along with others and play and all those fun things. When our engine's running high, we might look like Tigger, right? You know, Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. Um, or maybe a, a more modern um, example would be the Hulk, if your kids are into Avengers and you watch that. So if your engine's running high, you might look like the Hulk, and you're going really fast and crashing into things, and you might have like what we call a fight-or-flight response. Okay, you're just going. You're not thinking. You're just going really fast. Um, and these emotions that go with this high engine level would be things like, 
anger, frustration, mad, road rage, right? When you have road rage, you're not thinking about the situation. You're just reacting. And that's kind of what we do when our engine's running really high. Yeah, so this corresponds with high arousal, high alertness, or high engine levels. We can get in this high level of alertness or high arousal when we're overstimulated, Okay, so we have too much input, we're overwhelmed, we're stressed, anxious, frightened. Sometimes we get this fight or flight response when we're walking down a dark alley and a cat jumps out at us, right? We go into this high level of alertness, um, which in that situation might be okay, right? If something jumps out at us, we startle, then our body tells us if that's an appropriate response, right? It tells us maybe we need to run, maybe there is danger, right? It's it's meant to protect us. But if we're always in that heightened arousal and everything frightens us, then it's hard to enjoy life and experience things, right? We see this a lot with, I see this a lot with some of the the children that I work with who they maybe haven't had enough of different experiences or they've had a situation that occurred and it frightened them. And so now that situation always frightens them. An example that I that I heard on a TED talk was about this guy who was walking through the jungle and a snake jumped out and bit him. Anyways, he he was unconscious and all of these things happened. It was, he passed out. And anyways, he, the next time, after he got better and was, was um, healed up, he went back to the jungle and he was walking and a piece of grass touched his leg and his body went immediately into this heightened arousal thinking the last time I was in the jungle, a snake bit me and it felt like that. And so his body had to look down and decide if that was actually a snake. And then when he discovered it was grass, he was able to calm his body back down, right? So that's where um, our high arousal comes in. I kind of went off on a tangent. But anyways, in the holiday season, we might find that we go here to this heightened level of of arousal more often, right? We maybe are more overwhelmed. We're more stressed. We're trying to make the holidays just perfect. And there's all these things that are that are being put upon us and more and more things that we need to make perfect. And so um, we get overwhelmed and we get anxious and stressed. When our engine is in low or running low, we might look like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. Okay, so he's slow when he talks and he's kind of sad and depressed and tired. Interestingly enough, sometimes when we're overloaded, we can look like this too. So when our engine's running low, it could be the result of being overwhelmed. So it just depends. But um, hopefully you're still with me and understanding what I'm talking about. So basically, arousal is the foundation of our behaviors. I always have my sensory goggles on, and I want to kind of give you some teachings on how to get your sensory goggles on so that you can think from a sensory point of view. And we can change behaviors by changing sensory input. So my go-to sensory input is heavy work. And the reason it's my go-to is because if you use heavy work, 
it can help your brain and your nervous system go from high level of arousal to just right or from low level of arousal to just right. So I like to think about it as like when you go to the gym. If you go to the gym or have a workout when you're having a bad day, let's say you're you're overwhelmed and you're stressed out and you have a workout, you typically will feel better after that workout. So you will go from feeling high level of arousal to just right. And if you're sad or tired and you have a workout, you will also feel better after that workout. Um, I won't get into all the chemicals that are released and stuff like that, but it's heavy work and heavy work helps you feel just right. So heavy work is any push-pull activity um, that gives input to your muscles and joints. It's proprioception, if you remember from our last episode. So heavy work can be things like carrying Christmas packages, pushing the cart at the grocery store, pulling a sled or a wagon, um, doing chores around the house are good for heavy work, moving furniture, setting up a Christmas tree, building a snowman, having a snowball fight, even moving within the layers of snow gear that you put on your kids or yourself is heavy work because it takes more effort to move with all those layers on. Um, shoveling snow, climbing up the tobogganing hill, moving against resistance. These are all good heavy work activities and even dancing. So I talk a lot about arousal in my essential guide to setting up sensory spaces and I give lots of strategies for activities and equipment within this guide. So I want you to go check it out um, and I do have a buy one, get one special on right now. So use the code BOGO and I'll put the link in my show notes. Within the guide, I talk a little bit more about this level of arousal and I talk about how some people have a big cup for sensory input, so like a mug. And so for those people who have a big cup for sensory input or particular sensory systems, they need more input to feel just right. So they need to fill their cup to feel just right. Conversely, people who have a small cup for sensory input or particular sensory system, it doesn't take very much input until their cup is overflowing. I have a small cup for heights. So I'm scared of heights. We call this gravitational insecurity. And so for me, when I'm walking on a, or climbing a ladder or walking across a bridge or a raised surface, I don't like this. This makes me feel anxious. But when I use heavy work prior to walking on a raised walkway or just a couple of weeks ago, my husband and I were out hiking and it was interesting because on the way to the hike, there were walkways that were kind of raised up and I had to just look straight ahead and I couldn't turn around to talk to him. I couldn't look down because it just made me anxious. And on the way back, we followed the same path and it was all of the heavy work of hiking that made me feel fine on the way back on that same walkway. So heavy work really does help your system to get to that just right level. So I want you to think about your own arousal. 
what do you feel like? What do you do to make you feel more alert? And when I get people to think about this, I often say like, okay, you've got a long drive ahead of you. What do you do to stay awake and alert? And I try to get people to think about each of their sensory systems. So touch, smell, sound, vision, taste, movement. When you're doing a long drive, what do you do if you're starting to feel sleepy? Do you crank up the music? Do you um, stop the car and do a little stretch break? Do you have something that you play with in your hand? Do you chew on something? Because that gives you lots of input to your jaw. So think about that. And then conversely, what do you do on that drive when you get into the city and it's rush hour traffic? What do you do to kind of keep yourself calm? Do you find yourself turning the radio down because the sound is too stimulating? What do you do? Think about that. Write that down maybe. So it's the holiday season. We're all a little bit more stimulated or our engines are running a little bit higher. And I really want to help you find some ways to get your engine running just right and get your family in that just right frequency of arousal during the holidays. How are we going to do that? (laughs) So I've already mentioned it once. I'm just going to keep doing these shameless plugs. I created an essential guide for sensory spaces. Now, this is a compilation of all the things that you need to create a sensory space in your home. And I want everyone listening to go grab that and use the code BOGO, B-O-G-O, to get 50% off, okay? Or buy one, get one. So you and a friend sign up and you each get a copy. That's just one thing that you can do. When you're setting up your space, it doesn't have to be complicated. So even if you don't go grab this guide, but I don't know why you wouldn't. Um, So if you don't go grab the guide, think about here's some things that you can do. You can set up a yoga mat and um, have a space where you go just to make sure that you're getting your engine to that just right level at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day, and throughout the day. Um, For your kids, you might want to take a box and convert it into a calming space. And I have examples of this in the guide. You might want to put up a curtain rod across the closet so that you can, you or your child can go in the closet and just have a place where they can go for a break. (laughs) I didn't mean to do this, but I put up curtains in our little bay window in our house. And I did it to kind of make the house look better because we're trying to sell our house. But I put this curtain up and then I grabbed some cushions from the store and my kids think this is the best place to go read. So without even knowing it, I was setting up a sensory space just by putting up a curtain and some pillows. So it doesn't have to be complicated. But I do have some other strategies that I think would really help all of us to stay calm and regulated over the holidays. Now, there was a study done in Seattle, I believe, and that was with street vets, and it was to try to help them get more regulated. Um, They were people who were suffering from PTSD, but they used a combination of sensory, cognitive, and emotional strategies to regulate their emotions and improve their function. And what they did 
for these vets, they did, um, their sensory activity was combat training. So push-pull activities, right? Lots of heavy work there. Their cognitive activity was practicing mindfulness for two minutes. And their emotional activity was going for coffee after their activities. So here's my challenge to you. Over the holidays, starting today, I want you to commit to moving your body, preferably against resistance. So whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, half an hour, I don't really think it matters. I just think it's important to move. So let's say 10 minutes a day, move your body. That could be going for a walk. It could be shoveling your snow, any sort of resistance activity. It might be lifting weights, doing yoga. You choose. Choose the activity that's right for you. I want you to practice mindfulness. And this could be two minutes of guided meditation. It could be two minutes where you just sit and focus on your breathing. Um, it could be, I don't know if this hits in there or not, but I was going to say it could be reading a book. So just sitting and calming your mind. And then for the emotional piece, I want you to get off of your device, get out of your house, and talk to someone. Okay, so it could be that you go for coffee with a friend. You could talk to your spouse, your neighbor. It doesn't matter who. Just I find that we get so caught up in our work and in our devices and social media and whatnot. And if we work from home, we, we maybe don't talk to, to adults, <laughs> to other people. So these are some things that I want you to do because you can't regulate other people if you can't regulate yourself. So it goes back to that oxygen mask on the airplane. You need to put on your oxygen mask first. So those are just a few tips about sensory regulation and sensory regulation for the holidays. There will be more tips on calming corners and activities that you can do for calming or alerting in future episodes, but I wanted to just give you this information today so that you can get started and have a happy and calm holiday season. Thanks for joining. Thank you so much for listening to my show. Please leave a review and leave comments so that I can always improve and bring you more of what you want to hear about sensory integration, sensory regulation, sensory spaces, and the ins and outs of running a clinic on big wheels. To discover more about Sensational Path, jump over to www.sensationalpath.com or come find me on Facebook or Instagram. I can't wait to hear what you thought of this episode.